Is this heaven? No, it's a podcast. Welcome to the Field of Geeks podcast. Welcome to episode 160 of the Field of Geeks podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Mitch. I'm Megan. How goes it? <sighs> Busy. Busy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, just just finished building the deck, so we are done with our summer project. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You got like so. a dynasty deck now, looks like, when I saw the photos. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have you guys over and show you the uh, the sheer size of it sure. all. But yeah, it's it's nice and big. But uh, just greet us in yeah, a tuxedo, just... with a cigar or something. <laughs> yeah, come up, friends. Welcome to my abode. <laughs> I'm smoking some meat. <laughs> Play the sappy uh, soap music. You know, you joined the club. I uh, well, actually, I think you guys started dismantling your deck before we did ours, and ours has been complete oh, for right. over a month now. But ours wasn't like a yours is like a split level right kind of or is it yeah it's a lot of stairs going down totally yeah it's it's totally rebuilt now that's cool we we scrapped it all and rebuilt it from the ground up nice oh crap uh don't mean to interrupt but uh just looking three minutes ago tmz alex rebeck passed away oh my god really yeah oh jesus dead at 80 after battling pancreatic cancer damn it damn it I posted on the page, I'll take bummer news for 200, but that might be a little insensitive. Oh, nah. I think that's... <laughs> we need attention, so it's okay. That, though, so in a way, I think it's fitting. We'll do a press yeah, conference. I, well, Mitch will apologize. For what it's worth, though, he had an awesome sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, there was that episode of Family Guy where he says his, word, his name backwards, and then... Uh, somebody actually did that in real life that was going to lose anyway. They just put Kebert Zella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember when he was uh, diagnosed, he mentioned it on the show, and, and yeah. it said that he was going to be on you know, for as long as possible. Did we ever know when he quit recording? Well, um, pretty much as soon as Corona hit, they did a limited number of shows, and then that was pretty much it. So anything more would be reruns. Yeah. Damn, such an iconic so, person in our in our lives, you know. He was always well, Jeop- I mean, Jeopardy was iconic in. As, yeah, as Bob uh, Bob Barker. from Price is Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, know? he even was on television in seventies. He's a Canadian. Oh yeah, he's well known up there. And yeah, we'll talk about Shit's Creek later. But Eugene Levy on SCTV, he used to impersonate him. Kind of, kind they oh, kind of okay. did. Um, well, yeah, he wasn't. He did, he changed his name a little bit, so it wasn't sure. exactly on the nose. But he did what Will Ferrell eventually would make more popular, I guess. You know, on SNL oh, sure. with the Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know that is oh, kind man. of um, uh, ironic because on SNL Celebrity Jeopardy, the guest they had on a lot was Sean Connery, and he just you know, passed, it's, it's... of course. Man, that one hit hard. I it don't did. Know why, it did. That was just an iconic guy. Like we all knew the day was coming, mm-hmm. and we were all frustrated when he finally called it quits because of the movie that he quit on. 
Right. You know? the, the League, League of, of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Yep. Wow, I was said was at the like, same time. <laughs> well, no, no, no. He was uh, – if that movie had done well, he signed on for more. Yeah, because like, it was it was based off a comic book series Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill created. And, yeah, it, the reason why is Connery didn't like the director, uh, Stephen Norrington. So I don't know oh, if really? they even got into a physical fight. I've heard that rumor. But, yeah, definitely had creative differences. And he just had a shitty experience on the film. And I think that just – I think he officially retired in 06. And I think they tried to get him back for – the last Indiana Jones movie, uh, which probably yeah. would have improved it or, you know, probably would have <laughs> been something he, you know, wouldn't want to end his career on. I don't know. But yeah, he did 93 films and yeah, wow. 2003's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was the last one, which, which um, really sucks. Yeah, it's a mess, but it is a really cool concept. The concepts are cool. The problem is, is the whole reason why he did that movie was because he was offered Gandalf. He didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then he went to see Mm. how big of a movie it became and immediately regretted it. Yeah. And then jumped on the first sci-fi thing that he saw and thought, oh, well, you know, anything sci-fi can be good. And Mm. poof. Well, I guess he also turned down the architect in the Matrix films, the last two of them. Okay, that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, I still think the guy who was the architect was creepy. But man, <laughs> imagine Sean Connery is creepy. Like creepy architect. I don't know if he could pull off creepy. I mean, unless they really did him up, you know. The ladies probably be like, I'll go with you. I don't care. Some some no, dudes as well. No, but I mean, he, it would just be his speech pattern. His ability to deliver oh, right. something yeah. was just so, right. so beyond most people. So... I was watching yesterday The Rock, right? The Rock. He didn't have very many lines, but he was so big in that movie. Like, he mm-hmm. overshadowed Nicolas Cage, and I think that was supposed to be like a Nicolas Cage movie, right? Mm-hmm. And even though he didn't have very many lines, I mean, he was still, like, more awesome than Nicolas Cage in the movie because Nicolas Cage just kind of, you know, well, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, well, that's, so, that's when you get Con Air and the other films, like, yeah, this was right. um if you take Sean Connery out of the rock, it's not it just doesn't it's not a movie no, to me. It's not a good it's movie. It's not memorable yeah. or anything. And there's a lot of no. fan theories. It's not true, but it's kind of like a what if, you know, like what if he was James Bond cuz he kind of refers to his past and then he gets locked well, up. Well, and that's that's the funny part is that there are some like gentle nods in right, that movie, which was intentional, so, like, I'm sure. Him being Bond yeah, because he was on Her so. Majesty's Secret Service and all that stuff. That line, that one of the classic lines in that movie, um, you're bashed. Losers always whine about the best. When did you go home yeah. and fuck the prom queen? I love that line. <laughs> yeah. It was on my uh, yearbook, I believe, my quote. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you remember Mitch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Valley Pride, age 90. Like, he just never thought he was going to pass. Like, he's just he's such a big figure in our lives. He was the first James Bond. He did seven of those films. Highlander, The Hunt for Red October, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, The Untouchables, The Man Who Would Be King, The Rock, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Also Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's just to name a few. He's been in many more. But those are the ones that come to my mind. The first night. I had never seen that. Is that one of your oh, favorites? Yes. Yeah, Richard Gere and... Um, Julia. Harder- yeah, what's her last? Can you pronounce her last well, name? I can't remember um, it. It's it's no, a French, right? 
Orma, Orman, or Orman? Rabats. I don't know. <laughs> Just go to Julia Roberts when you need a Julia a last name for Julia. There you go. <laughs> Julia or Orman. Oh, okay, Orbach or something like that. No, Ormond. O r m o n d. Pronounce it how you will. I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll call her Julia. <laughs> Julia Roberts. She was in First Night. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never seen that movie, but yeah, that's one of your favorites. Yes, I watched it a lot growing up. I definitely suggest that you. Okay, I'll, I'll put that on my list. What other memorable performances do you guys think of when you uh, think of Sean Connery? Oh, you know, well, Indiana Jones's dad. I mean, that's... Yep. That's perfect no, casting. He was yeah. always um, particular about his umbrella. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He scared off the birds, <laughs> right? And they hit the airplane. <laughs> yeah, God, that was so perfect to cast 007 as uh, Indy's dad. The Untouchables, uh, that was a good part he did. He played um, Jim Malone. He was an Irish-American officer. Made-up character. You know, The Untouchables are loosely based on reality. You know, it's fictionalized, of course. But, yeah, he won his Oscar for that movie. Really had a big comeback. You know, that was mid-'80s, I believe. Maybe 87, oh, yeah. I want to say. But, yeah, yeah, he just had hit after hit for a bit there. A hunt for an October is one of the best, if not the best, submarine movie. It's got just everything in it. It's fantastic. And, of course, he had Highlander. Maybe Highlander was 87. He made that movie, that's for sure. You know, uh, Christopher Lambert wasn't a huge star, and he probably never became as big, you know, a cult sensation, I guess you could say. There is some uh, cool trivia about uh, Highlander. There's a there's an intro voiceover that's... Um, said by Sean, and he actually recorded it in his bathroom. There's an echo. So, yeah, I don't know if it was because of a budget or something. Like, hey, Sean, we need you to do this. Can you... uh..." Or maybe that was just planned, and or... Maybe he just did it as a as a quick take to see, you know, if the words were right and the director heard it and was like, yep, that's good. Yeah, he's like, I'm in a shit down. Do you mind? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And so, yeah, there's an echo and mm-hmm. it's actually from his bathroom. It's not like, you know, an effect or anything. But yeah, uh, some trivia here. He worked as a coffin polisher before going into acting. After leaving the Navy, he worked as a nude model for art students. There you go, Megan. Megan's like, I want a transcript. <laughs> All right. I mean, he was a good-looking dude, even <laughs> as an old man. So I'm out well, of paper. He, do, he 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 got out of Bond, wasn't it? Because he was just getting too old and was afraid of being typecast. I think it was a a, a variety of things. He they negotiated his initial contract. I think just it was just yeah. a million, I think, for a movie. And Bond became so huge, he was not able to renegotiate his contract. So. I think he mainly left over money, you know. He, I think he fulfilled. But then his... he, he came back for one more movie, and I remember that being a big deal. But then also being a big deal because he wore a hairpiece. He, that. yeah, he actually wore a hairpiece from Goldfinger on. Yeah, he started yeah. losing his hair pretty early. You can tell in some shots, especially because they're, you know, higher definition now. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, they basically shoe polished his scalp. Um, I think for the first two Bonds, so you could not tell really. You know How what's much? crazy though? When you when you watch these bonds, they're so freaking slow, and yet mm-hmm. it's it's labeled as an action movie, which is just like they're just different. I got him sitting here, made at different times. Yeah. You know, yeah, the pace is way off older films. You know, they just learned over time how to get to it. You know, I think the pace, yeah, of course, yeah. 
yeah, he did come back for Diamonds Are Forever, and I think he donated all that salary to charity. He just just didn't like the uh, producers much, um, you know, over over the money issue, which I could, you know, I, I see that. He's like the main star. He should get rewarded. And not to say he was a perfect guy. You know, he probably might have been difficult to work with. How do we always just as a, just wondering as a group of people just assume that a Scottish accent, I mean, we just automatically took it as, oh, he's English. Okay, that's fine. His Scottish accent, he never hid. To me, it wasn't as thick in the uh, earlier films. I think when he stopped giving a damn, which is pretty much after yeah. Goldfinger, you can tell he kind of started phoning it in a little bit. <laughs> Ian Fleming, he did not like the casting at first because he's Scottish and he didn't write Bond to have any you know, Scottish ancestry. But I think upon meeting Sean and stuff, he decided he had just changed the character, you know, where he came from. So he just, you know, basically made that change because he, he met Sean Connery and liked him and what what he did with the part. He did come back even for Never Say Never Again. That was in 83. That was his last James Bond, but it wasn't an official James Bond movie because Eon Productions didn't produce it. So it's kind of like its own thing. They couldn't even use the, the theme. You know, they had to totally... <laughs> they could use the names of the characters, but they could not, yeah, same actors or... <laughs> It's very interesting. There's a whole uh, fiasco about the the right situation with those. James Bond, I think he is the definitive James Bond. Um, iconically, I think he's always first. Yeah, I mean, he had the poise. He set, he set the standard for which James Bond should act and, and uh, you know, be as a gentleman and all that stuff. I would always say him first, then Daniel Craig. Check mm-hmm. my chart. I've said this many times on the show before that Sean Connery was always my favorite Bond. Yeah. There you go. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Bill. We just talked about Sean Connery. Do you have any um, memorable favorite appearances of, of his? Anything comes to mind? I really liked him in The Rock. I know a lot of people that wasn't, that was just, you know, summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. you know, explosions and stuff like that, but. Um, I really thought he was good in that. I mean, obviously, the only thing that I ever saw him in that I didn't care for was Leave Extraordinary Gentleman. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the only one. In it, it's like, give it a chance. I just like some of the eye candy in it, you know, like Doctor Jackal, Mister Hyde, some of the cars, it the is. sub. But yeah, the the special effects yeah. are really shitty. You know, <laughs> they're not believable. Okay, let's so here's, say. Here's the deal, though. Like these movies that he's in that you would consider bad, he's not a horrible actor in the movie. It's just the no. movie sucks. He's good in mm-hmm. it, but it's everything around him sucks. No, yeah, absolutely. And and I think the same goes for The Rock. I mean, like Nicolas Cage is over the top Nicolas Cage, but you know Well you still um, have you still have um Ed Harris. He's good in that. I mean I think He's really good. I think most yeah, people in that movie are pretty good. I mean I think you know you and know Michael Bain is classic Michael Bain. It is. It's classic. It's a classic Michael Bay movie. So it's. I mean, that's. You kind of have to suspend yourself from believing it's going to be an Oscar-worthy picture. But. It might have been. It's yeah, his I mean, follow-up from Bad Boys. I think that was his second film. Maybe it's I before. Feel, I think it was before he got like, too ridiculous. I feel like The Rock is kind of an extension. Or if you wanted to see what Transformers was going to look like, just go watch The Rock because it's all like military stuff and all the same like shot scenes and setups and. Well, he you know, made like men line up and he made music videos, I think, before in commercial car commercials. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's he didn't, definitely his cup of tea right there. You know, 
he should have done it for the U.S. government. Well, I think all he's... their ads for like joining. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he probably awesome. did. Videos <laughs> like think of that. Like in the '90s, those were badass like movies, right? Like Bad Boys was pretty mm-hmm. badass. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never seen a bad Michael Bay movie. I've just never seen a movie that says to me, "Man, that's Oscar worthy." Yeah. No, I don't think that's his goal anyway. I think he just wants to just. I think he's just happy doing B movies. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if he's really. Maybe Pain and Gain. He tried to go a little more serious, um, which I think was a good film for what it is. I mean, it's you know, it's well, and, about he, body and you're building, always guaranteed. You're always people. guaranteed in the Michael Bay movie that there's going to be at least one very pretty lady. Oh yeah, for sure. And for I, sure. I think in The Rock you have what Vanessa Marcel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, like his movies are military commercials. Like they are recruitment in a way because yeah, he they're all over the place, right? And they're shot beautifully and so yeah, he oh, doesn't yeah. he doesn't even like need to do commercials. Like, it's like just watch my movies. Rafters. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, man, this this pretty much kicks ass. It's just like he's he saw the movie Top Gun mm-hmm. and then said, This is what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jerry Bruckheimer and produced like a- Top Gun, so they were, you know, a good match that way and you know, Bruckheimer Basically, The Rock was Cage's way in with Brookheimer, and then they did uh, Con Air yep. and um, oh, Gone Six Seconds. Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer did uh, the music scoring for The Rock. Oh, that makes sense. That's that's a good score. That's still a right? popular score. Like if you think about pretty it, pretty badass. Yeah, I mean some of the, <laughs> some of the. I mean it's it's. I think it's still a classic movie. I think that was probably the pinnacle. Um, and then it just kind of went downhill from there, you know, more and more mm-hmm. ridiculous. But that kind of had an attempt to give you a message, you know, about what what was it like? He lost his men or something and his wife. And... Oh, yeah, it was just it, they had so many missions and they were covert. Yeah, and because they were covert. Some of them couldn't be paid death benefits. And so he was going to rid uh California. That blue gel gas was that virus. That was terrifying when they just like left left that dude in there. Like, sorry, man. Oh man, <laughs> you can't come with oh, us. He bubbles up. <laughs> yeah, he's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was grotesque and, and you know it just felt very serious and it's just iconic. Uh, the whole Humvee thing, you know, Sean Connery saying uh like uh, the dude he stole the Humvee from that one guy and then he, <laughs> the guy called him. He's like, I forgot what he said. He's like. <laughs> I've got your Humvee or something like that, but just the whole, uh, oh, oh my God. A lot the, of it's classic though. Where, uh, Nick Cage steals a bike. He's like, no, it's my bike. And then he has Yeah. <laughs> His motorcycle. <laughs> Cage tone With shifts Cage on a dime. It's, it's crazy. That is still a good film. I'll check that out again. That is probably, that's probably the best out of the Brookheimer on, uh, Michael Bay partnership. Right now. Well, there you go. The Rock is on Hulu. The yes. Rock. So make sure to check it out. I uh, I almost got through it all before I had to go drive last night. So it's good. It's good. It's got a lot of good lighting and uh, good and good one liners. You know. Oh yes. It's like, have you ever heard of uh, Elton John's Rocket Man? And he's like, I don't like songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's you. <laughs> You're the Rocket Man. <laughs> Like <laughs> Nicholas Cage ad libs phrase, and that's what they put in the in the line. <laughs> he just can't think of anything. The actor, so the actor's like, what, "What's going on?" Yeah, like 
if you're a bad guy, I don't like songs. That would trip you out because you don't know what's coming, right? It's yeah. just crazy Nicolas Cage. It makes no sense. Yeah. So you're just sitting there waiting for something, and then poof, mm-hmm. you get thrown out of the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, moving on to James Bond himself. Kind of looking into it just to see if there's been anything more than, you know, rumors and hearsay about it. As far as a new James Bond, like, there hasn't been anything yet. But there's also a lot of talk from Hollywood of wanting to make it more, make James Bond more, like, 2020 friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, because James Bond's always been, um, he's historically, he's been, you know, a upper upper class white guy with a British accent who's a misogynist and a Mm -hmm. sociopath pretty much. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, does, does that work in today's environment with like the Me Too movement and, you know, and everything like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of like after this bond is done, are they going to have an actual James Bond movie or is it just going to be 007 with somebody else taking it? You know, they've always done that. Like, after after they realize that this Bond's done, they're like, oh, man, now we can retool it as we please. You know, he's not going to use... Remember Daniel Craig? Like, the whole beef with him? Oh, he's not going to be using any guns, or he's got blonde hair. He may be gay, but we don't know. And it's just like, that. none of that stuff He's happens. a pansexual. Like they they always, refer to that in Skyfall. Yeah, like, they, they always default back to the same Bond that we all know, because... Mm-hmm. It works. Pierce Brosnan era, I think, tackled it pretty well. You had a female M, and then, yeah, she called him out on some of his shit. But he still was that, you know? He didn't... Right. And it was okay. It's escapism, you know? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, definitely, you can't name people pussy galore anymore and things like that. Like, we've definitely, I think, come to terms with that. But Lashana Lynch, I think I is her, her name. She's she's the new 007 because he's retired in this this latest film. So it kind of sucks like his last film, he's not even 007. He's James Bond, but he's not 007. Unless she dies well, and he gets it back, I don't know how that works. Maybe they'll put an asterisk. Honestly, if, if they want to put Bond to bed for a bit and try a spinoff, they have attempted this before. They were going to do Jinx with Halle Berry, and it didn't, didn't go through. Probably because Die Another Day was just not received well. Like, it made money, but, you know, it's, it's laughable. It's not... Really, it wasn't a good film. It was a bad outing, last outing for... You can start to see like these movies becoming really campy. And and I hate to say this, but 2001 brought them back to a more serious tone and made them better again because they were campy. The Bonds have always followed the same pattern. They they start out like serious and then they get campy and then they go over the top like Moonraker and then they dial it back with less gadgets and all that and they take the camp out. So it's always had this wave of it just repeats itself all the time. The Craigs have been yeah. very serious and they've tried humor with them and it, it kind of works, but I think we're just I think we miss just having fun with Bond, you know? It's so damn serious now. You know, they've Jason borned him. And some of it's been interesting, right? But and it, again, the whole universe is not um, that broad anymore. It's all centered around Bond, and it just wasn't that way before. You know, he was just a secret agent trying to take down bad guys, and it was right. it was enjoyable. You know, and I think we just need to get back to that fun, those fun times. But yeah, you gotta you gotta you just gotta have a a good balance. I don't think they've ever been able to figure that out. You know, and once they've 
once they have, you know, have figured it out, like in certain movies, they either try too hard to repeat and not do something new at the same time. I, I really think they should follow the Mission Impossible model right now. I think each one of those films is great and it's got a great balance of everything. I don't think yeah. I don't think whoever's gonna play Bond should try and kill themselves doing stunts though. <laughs> That's just crazy. But you know, I don't think yeah. that should be that shouldn't be the selling point. It's like, well, what stunts are you gonna do next? You know, but I you know, I think just try to get that Mission Impossible flair or the man from Uncle Flair, you know, it's fun, right? It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the plot's not too hard to follow, but it doesn't have to be too easy either, you know? Like, there should be good writing. Yeah, I think that's right. what the future of Bond it needs to go back to having more fun. I think I think you definitely needed to try out this whole seriousness with Craig. The first movie he did, Casino Royale, was amazing, right? And I just think, I think they've been trying to recapture that. That was just... Um, Lightning in a bottle. I came out of that viewing and I was so, so amped. You know, I was like, this is great. Like, feels like finally we we were on to something here. And I didn't like his casting in the beginning. He still looks like Red Grant to me, you know, from Russia with Love. He looks like a henchman more than Bond. It's grown on me. So I'm okay Mm -hmm. with whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge, I think. But I I do think Barbara Broccoli producer of the films she did say bond will never be female so you don't have to really you know worry about that gender swap i guess because i don't think it's necessary honestly i mean take take that out you know if you have a problem with gender swapping take that off the plate in a way you know james bond that's his character like if you want to if you want to really retool like a whole character you might as well just make a new one you could expand the universe i i don't really think like you know i'd want somebody playing you know james bond mm-hmm. like actually being addressed as james bond but no. like you have to spend your disbelief being you know with him being a woman yeah no like if you i've always thought of james bond as kind of like a code name anyway like along with 007 like that's you know mm-hmm. you well, i think have... i think it it was until this last movie where he talked about the bonds clan or something like that and then it kind of put a perspective that that was a family name. Which which makes sense because, I mean, you can't have, you know, like the Roger Moore 007. He was, you know, back in like the 60s. You can't, obviously, he's not going to be 90 doing flips off of a balcony and stuff like that. I really just think like they, if they bring back kind of like what Josh was saying, like bring back some of the classic Bond mm-hmm. moments. Like if you, you know, the car that, you know, shoots out, smoke and missiles and stuff like that like you can't really i mean you don't you don't need to sci-fi it up so much as like moonraker was but yeah, yeah. if you make it a little more like uh what was it the kingsman or something like that oh yeah mm-hmm. where you have like you know gadgets that actually could be believable right you don't need a wristwatch that shoots lasers but you know what i mean like do you think that I, I enjoy the Kingsman, but do you think that's kind of campy itself? Like, I think that might be too campy. Like I get like the first one I like a lot. I think, I think if you kind of did the first one more, the second one, I think got really campy, but I still enjoyed yeah, it. You know what I'm saying? The first one was really, um, I think had like just the right amount of camp to it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that would be good for a bond film. I really, I really like that. Yeah. When you get into like bringing people back from, getting shot in the head and things like that it kind of gets silly you know but i still liked it but it's it's not a bond but yeah the first kingsman i think would be 
a great way to um and here's the other thing all these movies they've made they didn't exactly follow the books so you could actually redo the ones that didn't and go by the book itself adapt it from more of the book standpoint like i think thunder no moonraker was actually and some of it might be kind of stupid i guess but moonraker i guess it was goldfinger's brother who was the bad guy so in the book and that definitely was not the case in the movie so i think that's a way you could totally have fun and go back like I think that's what made Casino Royale so refreshing. They finally got the rights to do it, and they did it justice. I don't think they really changed too much. You know, he still got his balls hit. You know, that was I was in the book, I guess, and you know, I was that was a scene they were talking about. Like, how are you going to put that on screen? <laughs> and that's well, that was an actual scene in there. In Casino Royale, yeah, when he's that. in the. He's, when well, the, I know it's in the movie, but I just didn't realize that was actually in the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, the books get really, yeah, and yeah, the books. Um, they do have some elements that needed probably be taken out, you know, from its context of uh, just because Ian Fleming wasn't really well known to uh, speak well of other races in his books, kind of stereotyped. Yeah. It was not he, good. He didn't exactly pull many punches when he no. wrote the book. No, yeah. he. I mean, that's just, you know, it was more acceptable back then and all that. Yeah, I think that's a way you could do is go back and redo the books, uh, adapt the books more than, than change them up, you know. If James Bond was a codename, that's the only way you can have all these films probably be in the same universe, except you have Blofeld, right? So it, that, I mean, I think that's that's more of a fan theory. It's 007 is the code. James Bond is James Bond. That's why this new 007 is not James Bond. She's just her own person. I think that's kind of a clever way to spin off have the same code name but a different character like i would be more accepting to that but not change who james bond is you know like if you want james bond to retire i guess or whatever or just reboot yeah. it again i mean that's what they did with they uh, should do it like doctor who ah uh, yeah oh you want to like reincarnate regenerates have them all come back together you know? for a holiday special that'd be fun <laughs> You know what would be hilarious is like if Daniel Craig's like, it's my time to go. And then the Bond girl goes, no. And then all of a sudden he kind of sparkles out and the new James Bond appears. <laughs> he's like, ta-da. Yeah, I'm sure I the fans will accept that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way it has to go. Well, shit, you, know? you could video game it. Have them all verse each other. They have to fight for the prize. Like, I want to come back. Like, no, I want to come back. And then they just go all around the world. How crappy and... those graphics were on Goldeneye. Oh, but at the and time, like, they were probably. Code, <laughs> and if you did a certain code, you could get like Sean Connery and like some other classic bonds and stuff. Well, that's the, that's the other thing. You know, Sean Connery, he's going to live on through many things, but video games as well. Remember they adapted from Russia with Love early 2000s, I oh, believe. Yeah. And they yeah. had him come back and voice the part. It was it sounded like oh, an old they? Sean Connery, but it was still fun oh, because you could you played from Russia with love. It was really oh, cool. cool. I had that for PS2, I believe. It is kind of off putting. Jaws in was that a Roger Moore one? Yes. Or was that yep. Sean Connery? The spy, oh. the spy who loves me, and Moonraker. Shoot, I'm hoping that like Jaws was in in at least one of the the ones with Sean Connery. No, but I he... believe Mr. Gilmore accomplished that feat no more than two hours ago. <laughs> well, good for him. My, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, Diamonds Forever, you had the two gay um, henchmen, which they were awesome. Like, they were fun, the way they killed people and stuff. And actually, Crispin Glover's dad, Bruce Glover, was one of the henchmen in that, that show. Oh, they, no never, they never really tackled it, but you could tell they were lovers, you know? It was just funny. Oh, like, sure. one of them was checking a girl out or something. And the other guy gave him, like, devil eyes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but the way they just killed people, like, I think one of their lines was, like... Um, if men were meant to fly, God would have given them wings or something when they killed somebody. Or it's just that's from Diamonds Are Forever. Not that movie's bonkers. You know, that's just yeah. I, I just got reminded of that I think that was that would have been something cool if they would have went back. You know, when they did their From Russia with Love game, if they would have yeah done more Bond films, right? They could have had Roger Moore come back. You know, but of course, you know, Casino Royale would have been pretty cool. Yeah, and they did. They actually did a couple of Craig games, I think. They used his likeness, but a different dude was the voice. Like, those Bond games yeah. were actually fun because you can just go all out. And they kind of. It's an interactive. Yeah. Like, GoldenEye was reimagined, and I do have that. And I think it was even reimagined again. <laughs> so they just kind oh, of adjusted it. it. Uh, and of course, Bill probably knows more than I do. They fixed the, the polygon faces. They, they fixed everything, and they gave it a whole facelift and a whole relook. Ultimate multiplayer game back in the day, too. Yeah, and, and I didn't even have the system. Like, I, I wanted the I wanted the system just for the game, you know? But yeah, that yeah, was... 64. That set the stage, right? It really did. I mean, it really... Um, the way they did it so that it could be kind of modified, you know, you didn't have to follow set rules. You could make it so, like, one hit kills you or... Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah, know. the golden gun. That always pissed me off. <laughs> Getting killed from the golden gun. Damn you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, there'd always be that one jackass that knew the game better than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Get the golden gun. And they, and they knew where you uh, they knew where you respond to, right? Yeah, right. And then you'd go and walk over and you'd hear, do 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 respond you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> did you ever play that game, Megan? I did not. Never played it? Oh. Nope. What? I know. It's terrible him being. We'll have to when we can get back together again, maybe we'll maybe with Bill's help we can key up a, a little play party or something and put it on YouTube. I don't know. That'll work out because uh we got a giant projector screen for the basement. Ooh. Ooh. So it's gonna be our new movie and gaming venue. Oh, Let's there you go. Out. Yeah. There we go. Right. Sounds like you a know, plan. If they make a mini N64, that has to be on there. That would be the selling point for me. I won't yeah. get it otherwise. I won't care about anything else but that. That's the closest I'm going to get. I'll do it. <laughs> I already got the classic, so. <laughs> it is coming. See, the, thing with the, the thing with the classic ones that come out with, though, is that they've only been compatible for two-player. So they'd have to like make it yeah. where it came with the four-player port on it, like the old N64 did. Right, yeah. all right. I wonder if that's something they can upgrade, or if it's not possible. I'm not sure. It's probably pretty limited, right, to what it can do. Uh, yeah. I was impressed. Like I got the Super Nintendo Classic, and I was impressed with how much they had on it. What's your take on that? I haven't purchased one, but I thought about it. Well, the I got the Super Nintendo one for free because a friend oh. of mine was playing it, and you know he never used it, so he just gave it to me. It runs just perfectly smooth i mean smoother than the system did you know back in the day <laughs> yeah. those VGA cables and you know limited memory and stuff like that but if it was a system where like you could 
kind of customize it and say, I want these games, but I don't want those. Right. Because there's there's a ton of games on the Super Nintendo one that I I don't care for. I mean, I could care less about it, but like Super Mario World, mm-hmm. you know, that was a classic mm-hmm. one that I grew up playing, and it's kind of neat to see my kids playing it now. Sure. We have the NES Classic, and yeah, it's got all the Marios on it. I think it's I think it's pretty good. It wasn't I can't remember how much you spent on it. It's yeah, not it too like bad. Fifty bucks, I think. No. Yeah, and we have the I Sega as this. well. I want to get the Super NES just for Star Fox. Such a great, I great love game. Star Fox. So that that is that on there, right? Game. Is it just that one, or is there more Star Foxes? One and two. Nice. Yeah, two was kind of like a a developmental one they did in Japan, and it never saw a uh, U.S. release until recently. Have you played it? I have. It's actually it plays very similar to the first one. There's not really a whole lot of you know, there's like a lot of reused textures and stuff like that. So it's sure. not like, you know, a, a brand new game by any means. It's kind of like an expansion pack almost. We're in November now and, you know, Christmas is coming up. So we have a lot of game systems on our minds. You know, we got PlayStation 5. That's coming up, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like, you remember when the NES Classic came out? You know, that whole Christmas thing, like people had it on back order and everything and they were mm-hmm. struggling to get orders filled they're kind of it kind of seems like they're like sony's doing the same thing with the playstation 5 like there's uh, surprise me they um they had actual pre-orders on the sony playstation website but you could only do a pre-order if you got like an email from playstation network saying hey this is available if you want it wow (laughs) hey you play our games so much you'll get a free copy well, well yeah, you first, pre- you know. yeah, they gave you the opportunity to pre-order it along with any peripherals you wanted. But there's a lot of stores that are really struggling with the uh, pre-orders. And some of them have even, um, like Walmart, I think, they have them where you can pre-order it at a certain, on a certain date, you can like pre-order it for like the holiday season. But you hmm. can only do it online and get it shipped to you. Like they're not going to have any physical copies in the store. That's smart. That's actually smart if you think about it. Then you won't get bum rushed. Then you don't have to worry about the, the people who get pissed off and start throwing shit at your store because you don't have it anymore. That's, I mean, that's, I think that's smart, but that's just me. Is that not still the issue with the Nintendo Switches and the Nintendo Switch Lite? Because, I mean, when I get on there to look, they're still completely out of stock. Yeah. It's, well, and, and you have to think of the current, you know, climate that we're in too. Like, with coronavirus and everything like that, you know, people haven't been able to go necessarily like, you know, to work in the factories and stuff like that to put them together. Um, a lot of those factories got shut down in Japan with the with the coronavirus being so, you know, robust mm-hmm. there, I guess. You have a point there because not only that, but probably just the raw products itself to put it together is probably at a, at a shortage too. I know that uh, uh, when we were building our deck this summer, uh, the price of wood went up dramatically just yep. in a few short uh, weeks. How many so, people did you have to kill for yours? <laughs> well, we went over to Gilcrest, but uh, some of the stuff we were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and they were the only ones that had it, so we had to get it there. But uh, a couple of things we ended up getting at the big box stores because it was just cheaper. I mean, we had to kind of go shopping and piece it together. But, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely probably jumped at least 30 or 40% of what we originally had planned for. Well, and here's the other mm-hmm. thing to c- uh, consider, and I could be wrong, but 
I like to think they were working on the PlayStation Five close to launch, right? Kind of like they do with films. Like if they finally mm-hmm. got everything, all the components just right, you know, and it was running smoothly. When you have to get that to the factory and have adjustments made, I mean, is that a possibility there too, Bill? About it being, you know, a delay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. Whenever new, whenever a new console comes out, that's so ambitious. And it's not just a PlayStation issue, like Xbox runs into the same problem. Um, there's always going to be problems with it, mm-hmm. like right up front. Right. So that's why I'm I'm not necessarily going to get it like day one of launch. Yeah. Like I can I can wait, you know. Right. Because it's me too. You're going to have those issues where, you know, this doesn't work or the CPU runs too hot or something like that, and Sony's going to have to go back and retool it a little bit and then re-release it. And, and Xbox runs into that problem quite a bit too. Like the, if you have a system that gets the red ring of death, <laughs> as they call it, you know, it's kind of like getting the blue screen of death on your PC. Is that still um, an issue with um, Xboxes? Like I know the originals had that issue, right? But do the new ones as well? I don't think the Xbox one so much ran into that problem, but like the Xbox 360, that was a huge issue. Like right. it yeah. overheating and, and it's not, you know, if it's a hardware issue, there's not necessarily like a patch for it. You have to send it back and have it repaired. And... I wouldn't be in a rush either. Every every launch, I'm I'm not really, I'm not one of those like I have to have it right now, you know, because I'm still I'm still on my last system, you know, and, I, and they're still making games for it, so that that does help. The good thing is too that the way it's set up is that most of the launch titles for the PS5 can be played on the PS4. Nice, but they're meant. They're meant to be played on the PS5 sure. with the you know haptic feedback and of course the higher resolution and stuff like that. So I mean that's kind of a workaround for it for me. Like if I really wanted to play one of the PS5 games, I could go and get it for PS4 and then replay it when I get the PS5 and see it in all of its glory. But right you know, at the same time, it's like, do you want to experience it in IMAX or do you want to experience it? On- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the you other know? thing. That's the other thing. It has a four. It doesn't have a 4K player. 8K. It's what? I think it has 8K capabilities, uh, yeah. PS5. But it will play, won't it play 4K movies? Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. See, that's that's how I got my Blu-ray player, is my PS3. I never actually, I don't have, I don't, yeah, actually I do now own a Blu-ray player, but that was the f- first Blu-ray player I had. So the, with the 5, well, it's probably going to be my first 4K player. <laughs> Well, and when Blu-ray players first came out, a lot of people were getting the PS3 just because it was, yeah. you know, not only a cheaper Blu-ray player, but you had yeah. more versatility with it. Oh, yeah. The earlier Blu-ray players were shit. Like, I mean, uh, my stepdad had one and it just took forever to load. It was crazy. But yeah, the PS3 was top notch, I thought. Still still holds up. Oh, yeah, definitely. And another uh, kind of another issue that I've seen, um, you know, because I follow the I follow Sony on on Facebook and I kind of see what everybody's comments are on that whenever they mention, you know, the PS five releases and stuff. And there's people that have done their pre-orders for PS five and for the like peripherals and they've already gotten their peripherals for it. Oh, no, like the cameras and controllers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. But like at this time, we don't know when you're going to be getting your PS five. So, like, <laughs> <well>, that's <laughs> like, you can just pretend like it's, Kind of like when you're playing with your little brother and you unplug the <laughs> controller so he can pretend he's playing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Any day now, it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking is going to be the biggest issue with it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of 
which I guess is kind of smart on Sony's part, you know, yeah. with, especially with, a, with as many people that do streaming and, and YouTube now. It's going to be a very exclusive, like, small group of people that have the PS5 at launch. Yeah. And right. that's going to just build up the hype for it and the, you know, demand for it. Sure, of course. The memes will come. It's funny how the UPS trucks and the Prime trucks are like the adult ice cream trucks. You know, it's like they oh, come I- down your street and you're like, is it? Is it my package? Is it here? Do we get a package? I don't care. I'm just going to look. Hopefully they come to my door. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was- Man, when when Corona first started and we were like in quarantine and yeah. everything, like that was yeah, that was yeah. like my adult ice cream truck. Like, right. I wonder if my order's here yet, and you know, it needs it needs a jingle, doesn't it? Just come down the street, it it's just like oh, you just push your kid off, yeah, like get off, get out of here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that the I ice cream? No, <laughs> <laughs> we got a package. Uh, no, it's exciting. It's like Christmas. It's cool and sad, maybe, at the same time. I don't know. So my biggest gripe with the PS5, as of right now, mm-hmm. is, I, you know, I played the the Spider-Man PS4 game, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was perfect. It was everything that I've always wanted from a Spider-Man game. So I was really excited when I found out that they were doing the Miles Morales game for PS5. And it looks really amazing. Like, it looks, you know, just as good as the first one did. The PS5 Miles Morales game is going to come with PS4 Spider-Man game completely like remastered and everything like that. But the the one thing they changed in it is they changed Peter Parker's character model, so he no longer looks 25. He looks like Tom Holland de-aged to be 10 years old. Oh, I did see that. And it, it, it's like, why would you change something like that? I guess they had a they wanted to make the character model look more like Yuri Lowenthal who did the, the voice acting. Oh, I see. Sure. But I just can't imagine looking at, you look at him and it looks like he hasn't even hit puberty yet. He's supposed to be a 25 year old guy. I'm a spider man. (laughs) And it's just, I, I don't know. Okay. So I didn't know, I guess I forgot that the PS4 game was more centered on a adult spider man, adult Peter Parker. So yeah, that is, Not good, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, jeez, and who, who okayed that, man? There's Sony has been very vague about it. Like, I don't know <laughs> if there was an issue with the old character model, or you know, I mean they they kind of use somebody they use somebody's likeness obviously for it. Sure. And I don't know if there was like a legal issue with that, or if they're trying to make him look more like Tom Holland to keep up with the current right. generation. Yeah. But there's been people that have uh, it's been really important actually there's been people putting up videos on youtube where they modify the original game so that um you know like they have mary jane look like kirsten dunst and peter <laughs> parker look like Toby McGuire and right stuff. It's, it's actually been pretty cool to see them do that but i don't necessarily know that i would need to go back and replay spider-man like the original spider-man right because i mean i when i got it i you know it's the only game i ever ever pre-ordered mm-hmm. for the playstation I sat there and I played it and I got platinum on it within, you know, 30 days. Oh, so wow. I, I really, really love that game. But because you get more skins, right? When you get platinum. Oh, yeah. 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 You've got they they released like all kinds of different suits for it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, playing it with updated graphics and updated hardware and stuff like that would be cool. Sure. But it's kind of the same reason why I didn't buy the PS4. Pro. 
Like I didn't need to see it with, you know, higher frame rate. <laughs> right. It was perfect the way it was. <laughs> yeah. And of course it takes like, it takes years to make a game. So that's, I, I see why they just kind of revamp it versus making a whole new game. It, you wouldn't get it right away. And people are hungry for it once they get the, the, you know, PlayStation 5 system. So that's probably another reason why yeah. when a new uh, console launches, you don't really get a lot of great games per se, you know, you know, it takes a little time. Well, the other thing that kind of um, that kind of bugs me about it, I guess, I mean, I don't know what, uh, I haven't looked too heavy into the specs to see how much memory you get on PS5 at launch, mm-hmm. but uh, I bought an external hard drive for my PS4 because, you know, games are like, especially the big AAA games, they're like hundreds of gigabytes worth Jesus. of data. Yeah. Oh, geez. You know, you look at like, uh, you look like Call of Duty when they put out, it's like a, you know, 80 gigabyte update. Damn. Um, so if you're somebody that likes those really memory heavy games, mm-hmm. um, the PS five does not have uh, SSD compatibility at launch. So it's kind of like, are you going to be able to play, you know, a whole library of games or just five of them? Right. You know, not that there's going to be, you know, a huge launch, but a lot of, um, a lot of developers are making it so that in, you boot up the PS5 and you pull over your games from PS4 that they're played with like better graphics and mm-hmm. you know crisper resolution and everything like that. So it, I think that's going to be kind of an issue they'll need to fix. I think is something they probably should have launched it with. You never know. They uh, some of the peripherals they came out with made no sense. Like the they have a remote that basically looks like a Roku remote, but like you know painted white. Oh, well, that's cool. You know, it has like the the quick buttons on it for like Netflix and stuff like that. But of course, it's kind of like, you know, whenever I use my PS4 to watch movies, I just use a regular controller. So I don't necessarily need a remote control, but. Sure. Yeah. That's what I have for my PS4. Uh, For three, I did get a remote, but it was like a good deal when I found it. I had the same thing for the PS2 when it came out. And it was, it made more sense because, you know, trying to navigate a DVD (laughs) with the PlayStation controller sucked, but, you know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. <laughs> Came a long way, man. PlayStation 1, you could play a CD, and they just keep getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you remember having to use memory cards, though? Yes. Oh, yeah. I had stacks of those. Oh, I bet. I I, I never had too many of them, but, uh, yeah, I think they stopped after two, right, with the memory cards? Yeah. Yep. And I think you could, could you use the uh, PS1 on the two? I can't remember. Do you remember? Yeah, um, it wasn't backwards. Yeah, you could. Sweet. Yeah, see, damn it. They, <laughs> they're saving us money back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I know. It's come, come a long way. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the 5, and I'm loyal to PlayStation. That was... I remember oh, I when I first got my PlayStation, no one knew what the hell it was around me. I couldn't find anybody who had one. I think you had the Sega Saturn, maybe? That's what came out at the same time? I think it was yeah, Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn came out and yeah. They were uh, at the time Nintendo was trying to develop the disk drive for the 64 and then that fell through but it actually kind of gave birth to the PlayStation. That's awesome. I, I remember plugging that in and the the logo and everything. My stepdad helped me fix, you know, hook it up and we didn't have too many games. We we did buy ESPN Extreme games. Oh my god, that's still one of my favorite games. I wish they would revamp that game i don't know if you've ever played that but it was so funny yeah. it was it was comedic because if you hit one of those poles it just had the oh 
you know, it just had the crazy. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome. Were just amazing. <laughs> you could kick people on your bike and you can kick, kick and punch people. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, it's good stuff. And, the, you know, sometimes you'd, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was a graphics for its time. But, yeah, you would, uh, <laughs> if you're on a luge, I, I think I've hit a few cars or something. Um, or uh, <laughs> livestock would come out in the middle of the road yeah. some places and you'd hit them. And I think they'd explode <laughs> and you'd fly off. And, oh, my God, I really wish they'd revamp that damn game so much. They are doing a revamp of Tony Hawk, though. Right. Finally. Right. I mean, a lot of people are asking for that. And, you know, like the, the later games they made in the series just sucked, but they're trying to like revamp that and like skate three and stuff like that, I think is getting a revamp. And so it's, uh, they're kind of catering more to like older gamers now, I think, which is good. But I'll cross my fingers for ESP and extreme games then. Cause I, I really I hope they, hope they do that. I think that'd be, I think that'd be pretty successful. I mean, and if it's yeah. a if it's a copyright issue or whatever, the ESPN doesn't want to be involved, then just call it something different. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's that's you know, like we were talking about the Bond films. I think that's how you can reinvent them, put better graphics with them, and they don't focus that much on you know with like the sporting the like sporting games for new consoles. They don't focus on those markets mm-hmm. anymore. Like it's all you know, FIFA this, NBA that, like. I could care less about those, but if I got a game where I actually felt like I was having fun playing it, then I'm, and then I'm going to play it, you know? Right. In our lifetime, you know, video games haven't transitioned as well as comic books to the big screen, you know, Mortal Kombat comes to mind. That's been successful. We had the, the Tomb Raiders and the Resident Evils, maybe Uncharted will be the next one. I'm really looking forward to it. It's been kind of in development hell for a while, (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's, um, I think it's going to be one of those things that's really going to propel Tom Holland's career. I think it's going to show him as more of more of like a versatile action star than just getting typecast as Peter Parker. The uh, photo he put on his Instagram made it look, you know, like like he was taken right out of the video game. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, and Mark Wahlberg, I think he posted a photo as well. I'm not familiar with his character. He's playing. I don't know the Uncharted game as well as I should, but I know it's it's very adventure heavy, right? It's like Indiana Jones sort of in a way. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, kind of like Indiana Jones. Um, it, it's like along that same line of like Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, kind nice. of like that. You know, like exploration, puzzles, investigations, kind of thing. Um, it reminds me a lot of the uh, original like Mummy trilogy. Sure. So it's it's kind of you know if you like something along that those lines, Uncharted is pretty cool. Well, yeah, Tom Holland's amazing. Like he's, I mean, he's like a he's an athlete himself. Like he does a lot of flips and shit. So I could totally see him, you know, making that come to life. You know, if they let him, <laughs> you know, insurance probably like uh, <laughs> watch what you're doing here. But yeah, yeah. it's it's nice that it's finally uh gonna see the light of day i hope it's successful you know it's some i don't understand how it's so hard to make a successful film from a video game i really don't you know a lot of the work's already done if you want if you play a video game anymore you know you have you have all those great story elements and yeah it's just it's just weird like uh, assassin's creed right was that what it was uh michael fassbender yeah. was in that should have been like Easy, easily successful, but yeah, they didn't they tinker with the whole concept of the game. Yeah, and it's 
you know it's video games are almost movies in themselves now maybe that's why it's so hard yeah with the cutscenes and stuff yeah and just like they're better even (laughs) in the you know you make it makes you feel like you're actually in the in Mm -hmm. the game and yep it's very realistic with the you know cutscenes and dialogue and stuff like that so it's kind of like i think video games is kind of getting to that point of it's going to be more of a cinematic experience you know versus just jump over that save the princess right kind of thing which is you know uh mortal combat was it was good for them to expand on it in the movie not saying it was like oh my god revisionary but that movie still had an impact you know when i was a kid to now i think that first one is just just right and it the game didn't yeah. the game was kind of vague in a way so they were able to like insert a few things to connect the dots and i think it worked very well if anything it's more challenging probably now to make a good movie you know if you copy exactly what the game was then it's kind of like it's not earned maybe the, the success yeah. you know it's like i've already seen this so you got to give me something new which i guess that's probably what they did for assassin's creed but i mean if they can do it with comic comic books you know comic books have had animated adaptations as well so you know what's really the difference you know i think you just have to get i don't know i would just hire honestly i'd just hire the freaking creative team who made the games to, to help with the movie i mean maybe they are i don't know but you know you know how it is you know everyone wants to put their their stamp on something yeah. an ego thing if you will yeah hopefully i mean i imagine this movie's got a huge budget you know for what they want to do with it in the cast mark oh, Wahlberg's yeah, in I'm it sure. so <laughs> Mark Wahlberg will probably play Mark Wahlberg with the mustache. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't hate the guy, but it's like, I just never really feel like there's a difference there. You know, I think he's just playing himself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to hate on him, but, but I'm sure you'll do fine. I don't know when the hell he'll be able to come out, but. Yeah, I think they're right now they're looking at a July 2021 release date for it. Sweet. So it's probably going to be one of those like summer blockbuster things when it does come out. And hopefully by then, you know, theaters are back up and running. And the Zombieland director is on it right now. Is that right? Yeah. Ruben Flesher? Yeah. It will be a prequel or an origin story, basically, right? Of Because Tom Holland's playing a younger version yeah. of the character we know of. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Drake is like in his 30s in the, in the movies or in the, Game. the video games. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, this one's going to be kind of like an origin story kind of thing. And, I mean, they've got four games to pull content from, basically. I'm sure this will get him kind of caught up to, like, the main story. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, probably two years later we'll get, like, Uncharted 2 or, you know. But, I mean, Tom Holland's one of those guys. He's, like, he's probably going to be in his 40s and still look, you know, 15. (laughs) Right. Before we go, let's talk about some recommendations. Uh, The Mandalorian Season two just dropped two weeks ago, so we yes. have we have two episodes now. Try not to spoil too much. Uh, I know Megan, you haven't seen it, but it's it's on our list, so she will catch up eventually. But yeah, what are you guys thinking so far of season two? Awesome, it just ranks right up there. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting for him to drop a few more episodes, and then I'm going to go back. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm glad that. I mean, it kind of seemed like for a while there that Pedro Pascal might drop out. Yeah, which was concerning. Yeah, but I mean, it's, they were able to work it out, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just, I like what uh, 
what John Favreau is doing with it and that he's bringing in like other directors to like kind of give their own take on the story and stuff like that too. It's I'm really excited for it. I think it's kind of going to be the future of Star Wars, to be honest. Yeah, it just expands everything. It fills in the gaps. You know, there's a lot of gaps in Star Wars. You know, and I, I love Star Wars, but yeah, there's a lot of things that are just kind of like vague, right? And this kind of expands on a lot of things. You know, you get to go see certain places again, and you get to see people around those places and just, uh, yeah. you know, all kinds of aspects. But yeah, well, what about you, Mitch? You enjoying... I think we're all fans of Mandalorian here and strongly recommend it. But yeah, what are you thinking of season two so far, Mitch? Season two is strong. Um, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, obviously the return of Bubba Fett uh, will be interesting. But uh, we've already seen his armor, at least in, season, in episode one. So that will be very interesting, to say the least. It's it's great eye candy. And yeah, storytelling is great. It, you know... <laughs> Right when you get into it, the episode's over usually. Right. Yeah, I want to. I want to see season one all over again. I've kind of kind of forgotten a few things, but yeah, man, Baby Yoda is still popular. My kids haven't seen the show, but they they love Baby Yoda. It's crazy how, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's such a popular thing. It's it's a great show. I recommend it. Disney Plus. You know, that's um, pretty much why I have Disney Plus is to see that. Shit's Creek. I've seen like one or two episodes. I'm not by any means a a fan or anything like that i haven't really watched a lot of it so i don't i'm not good at describing humor but it's a particular it's an acquired taste in humor is how i would describe it yeah it's kind of like dry dry humor right sort of yeah dry. see i always thought i related really well to dry humor and then when i was talking about the office someone's like that's not dry humor but it is dry humor i, I oh, would yeah. say it is i mean yeah there's certainly drier humor they're not like bursting Thank out with like hey it's not like friends, you know. And that I, I, well, I know lots of people like friends. And I didn't care for it. But that's what? <laughs> no. I like yeah, friends. I still like. Oh, I still like it. I, they watched it again when it was on Netflix a year ago, and it's just, it's just a fun show. I, I think you just turn your brain off. I'm not saying it's like, oh my god, remember that episode where so and so, blah blah blah, lost a kidney. It's like they don't do that, obviously, but. Shit's Creek, man. I gets it's a dramedy. It's it's more comedy, but there's some there's some little things of drama in there. And like I said, I watched I started watching it like three weeks ago with my wife, and we just finished it, all six seasons. And yeah, I, I would say give it a couple more episodes, Bill. You might might start liking it a little bit more. But um, yeah, I don't know. It maybe it's a slow burn. I think we just liked how they were short episodes, and we were still interested. And then before before we knew it, we just were hooked. I don't think we've seen our kids since. It's a good show. And um, see, that was dry humor right there, guys. I have seen my kids since. <laughs> Where are they? No, but it's a great. does really well together. I think they, they I mean, aside the, from the fact that, you know, two of them are related, or I guess three. Yeah. Um, I think they do a really good job of playing off of each other. Yeah, made a star out of Dan Levy, Gene Levy's yeah. son, and uh, yeah, he's got a huge future now, you know. And it was a gamble for uh, Eugene to take this this project on and trust his son. And not to say they agreed on everything, I'm sure, but yeah, they really produced a great show. And Catherine O'Hara, you know, she got to come back. She was kind of like not really doing anything, you know. She's the mother from Home Alone, and you know, very talented actress, Beetlejuice. Um, 
they all won Emmys this year for the the show. So that was also very, yeah. very cool. And yeah, the episodes go by really quick, but yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. It was, it was a fun show and yeah, I hope, so. I hope it comes back somehow, some way, maybe a movie form. Uh, another thing I like to recommend is Unsolved Mysteries, the new Unsolved Mysteries, if you will, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think we've watched one episode of Volume 2. They've kind of done, I think they've done something pretty genius, and I guess it's still debatable. Ask all of you, like, do you prefer a show to drop all episodes at once or one at a time? Because we know, we know The Mandalorian does one at a time, right? But then some other shows, it's all at once. What are your, what's your preference? Do you kind of like the, the choice to do it one at a time? You know, I I thought I, would, I I do like all the all at once thing because mm. I can just kind of catch up whenever I want to. But like with the boys when season two came out, yeah, um, I I almost kind of preferred the the like wait a week for the next episode kind of thing because yeah. it kind of made me look forward to it a little more and like built my you know anticipation yep. of it. It kind of sucks when you like you know, when you're really looking forward to watching something and they put all the episodes out there and there's like nothing but spoilers online. So yeah, like, that's oh, well, going to happen. So there's no consequence for me. That's yeah. the good thing about one at a time. Yeah. I think there's pros and cons to both. You know, like I remember when stranger things season three dropped, I binged all in one day. I didn't plan on it, but I enjoyed it, but I was exhausted. And I was like, it kind of just felt like, you know, I, I just ate too much. Right. It's just like, Oh shit. You know, yeah. I could have yeah. just enjoyed it one at a time yeah i do get that what what did you say mitch you like them all at once or one at a time uh, i'm an all at once guy yeah because like there's, there's so much content right you can just kind of have your attention on it until it's done and then you can move right. on to other stuff so yeah that's another pro to that and what about you megan what do you prefer uh, i like it all at once i don't like waiting sure sure i see why they do it that way but well, then it, i i lose interest then if i mm-hmm. can't get it all at once well, and the reason why I brought this up is yeah. because Unsolved Mysteries, they released, you know, a set of shows. So that's kind of a different way to do it is they, I think they did maybe five episodes back in the summertime. And now they've done five more episodes instead of all at once. So I kind of like that idea, I guess, you know, you get to watch those. However, you could, it might be hard to bring fans back, you know, for the other part. They moved on to other things, right? So I kind of feel that way about volume two, you know, they came out, but I, I was into other things. So I did watch one episode, but I am liking what I, what I'm seeing. I think it's a great, a great reboot. And I think, um, hopefully they'll do this, you know, every few months, they'll have more and more. We'll, we'll see. I mean, this is probably counted as season one. It's not as creepy as the original, I will say, but it's still good. And has everyone yeah. seen, seen it? Uh, have you seen it, Bill? I have not seen it yet. I've heard about it and I've been really looking forward to mm-hmm. getting into it. I love the original series. Yeah. Like, I used to watch that a lot. When, yeah. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Uh, we probably all yeah. maybe have similar experiences, but I remember it was like Sunday nights, sit down and watch it, get scared of the theme music. This is, this is me for sure. And then my parents are like, now go to bed and have nightmares pretty much. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> So scared and terrified, yeah. But yeah, the new one doesn't really do that for me, and maybe that's through their goal. But I played the original theme to my with my you know for my kids, and man, they freaked out. I'm like, see, that's scary. This new one is not as scary. And you had was it Robert Stack? Robert Stack, I think was his name. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. just him was like 
just creeped you out. It's just his delivery, you know, and he's like in a trench he coat. He's so and... funny and so many different things. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. If you go watch Air Airplane, right? Yeah, Airplane, you'll be yeah. like, oh yeah, this guy's great. <laughs> but I, I am enjoying it. I I need to get into the rest of the volume two, if you will. Have you guys? Has anyone seen all of volume two yet? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm going to. Too many, too many surgeries on my plate. I haven't got time to do anything. No, that's okay. That's okay. She, you know, Megan's got a part in the MCU, so you know it's it's totally justified. She's uh, actually going to London to help out with Doctor Strange, so it's fine. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, I will say one more thing. Uh, Challenger: The Final Flight. That's on Netflix. That's a documentary. Uh, of course, that's that you know huge, uh, sad '86 disaster with the space shuttle Challenger. Uh, this documentary really takes you in depth. Uh, you get to know the astronauts who were part of the crew, and um, they actually show some of the wreckage in the ocean, which I've never seen before. It was crazy to see it. You think it's all gone, and it actually a lot of it went into the ocean, deep into the ocean. Ah, uh, yes, I saw that. How, did you like it for I what it was? It. <laughs> yeah. I know it's very sad I, to watch, but yeah. It is, but I think the reason why I found it so intriguing is because it is slightly morbid. We obviously know that everybody died. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, not that not that that's why you should watch it. But right. It just they into such detail, you know, about yeah the events leading up to that. So and, and spoiler, NASA pretty much fucked up, you know, big time. Yeah, they, for sure. Holy shit! Well, you know, and they had, the, but they had the pressure of the because they set the launch date. They knew there was problems, uh, I think, with the um, the booster or something. So it wasn't like a total shock. It's kind of like what happened to, uh, was it Columbia? What was it in, gosh, early 2000s, it re-entered the atmosphere and fell apart. Uh, yeah, Space Shuttle Columbia. Yes, yes. And that was, of course, another uh, foul-up. You know, I don't know if they've really recovered from that. I mean, they've they're still doing things, obviously. I mean, the day of launch, they knew. They knew there was an issue the day of launch. Right. That, that there w- could potentially be. And they just did it anyways because they they had to uphold this timeline. I mean, the media was waiting. Everybody was waiting. Let's get it done. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty sad that. And you know it would have been, you know, people. Because they already postponed the flight, I think, a couple times maybe. Uh-huh. and Yeah. Pe- people are already pissed off. And it's like, it's just sad that they're like, we can't piss them off anymore. You know, we're just we're just gonna go for it. It's like that's you don't want to say that to a space shuttle launch. It's like ah, just no. do it. Oh, it's just terrible, terrible. But very good documentary. I highly recommend it. You know, I remember when that came to be in my life when I was a kid. I think kindergarten we were talking about it because I started school in '87. So yeah, that was still you know very fresh on people's minds, and it's just nice to uh, get to know the astronauts. And it, it's very sad at the same time, but. That's all available on Netflix. Bill, do you want to go ahead and plug your um, your channel? Yes. I decided to come up with this challenge for the month of November. Um, if I can get to 100 subscribers by the end of November, I'm going to dye my hair green. Sweet. And it'll be on, <laughs> and it'll be on the internet for everyone to see forever and ever. Sweet. And uh, I recommend Mitch to do it too. But Yeah. <laughs> oh, the beard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I mean it's uh, it's going good. I'm probably going to be branching out to uh, to doing some PC gameplay. Nice, because um, I can figure out all the logistics of it. I tried doing one, and it's totally different beast from doing it on PlayStation Four, where everything's all in one. You have to, you know, yeah, have different 
voice tracks for you know you have your audio track and your video track and you sure. have to make sure it all lines up and so once i can figure that out i'll probably be doing some pc gameplay but for now i'm kind of like focusing on a kind of a horror theme so i started that in october doing uh perfect doing a game called soma which i'm almost done mm. with and then i'm into some other games too so Fantastic. do you stream on platform i don't I mainly just do uh, recordings uh, for YouTube, but I'll probably get into streaming at some point. Um, I'd kind of looked into doing it on Twitch, and with all the issues they have with that platform, I just decided it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll probably be doing something on YouTube as I get as I get a little more popular, I guess. Sure, it's kind of hard to sit there and like do a stream and talk to yourself for an hour. <laughs> It's kind of like why we not we haven't gone live ever because I'm like I don't know if anyone's going to tune in you know like I mean I'm thinking like Facebook I guess I'm thinking of uh, YouTube as well but yeah it's just but you know I think um, once you go live people do figure out you're live and they'll hopefully be nice to you and <laughs> and yeah. uh, say some nice words or of encouragement I don't know but yeah definitely in the beginning I'm sure it's just like you know you probably just have to. Be like, all right, I'll just set myself up to not have anybody, but I'm still going to act like I do. And a lot of times, too, I'll record, you know, gameplay of games that are, you know, three years old. So if you do a stream on that, people are going to be like, well, I've already seen this. I don't care about it. Oh, but, yeah. uh, you know, if I if I did a stream of like something, you know, like Warzone or something like that, it'd probably get a little more traffic. But that's really not my cup of tea, so to speak. So sure, sure just make up a headline you know like spider-man 5 and then you know below that it's like not really i'm playing yeah. this game guys <laughs> spoiler for spider-man 3 <laughs> like this is batman 89 like does he know this like yeah i do i got gotcha. you <laughs> i got gotcha. you creative oh, ways there oh, well that's great so yeah 515 gaming check it out everybody yeah. uh you also have a, a facebook page right Yep, uh, I've got Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. I'm kind of starting to branch out on Discord a little bit more too, just because it's it's kind of a especially when you're doing PC gameplay, it's good to have like a kind of like a party chat or like a voice chat you can sure do to like get with people. So I've been doing that a lot. Um, but yeah, it's uh, pretty much any one of the videos um, that's on my channel has uh, you know links in the description for Facebook and things like that. So fantastic um, well, yeah so get I, out there everyone and subscribe yes that's excellent well i also want to remind everyone you know we just came off of halloween but we have three halloween themed episodes if you will of the super unknown which is part of our network of shows we interviewed uh, some ghost hunters and tarot card reader so that's out there and of course yeah bill's got a lot of uh spooky stuff on his channel definitely got some uh Friday Thirteenth gameplay, I enjoyed a lot. Uh, just your 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 commentary alone was just hilarious. So, yeah, good Gosh. shit. The next time you go and meet a card reader, you need to let me know because I want to have my cards read. Okay, okay, yeah. My wife actually got them read on the show, so yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah, that will be fun. Uh, as soon as we can, uh, we'll just have to get some hazmat suits. But we'll, probably uh, <laughs> be in a chamber. But yeah, that's, that's all I have, guys. Um, thank you so much, Bill, for being on. Appreciate it. And yeah, uh, yeah go check out 515 Gaming. Yeah, anytime, man, anytime. So with that said, we'll be back. I'm Josh. I'm Mitch. I'm Bill. I'm Megan. Take care, everybody. Bye.